Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Jacob. And welcome to Rookie Rundown, the sports podcast for the casual fan. On the docket today, we are going to update you on the NHL and NBA playoffs. Also, baseball's always exciting week. The infamous Kentucky Derby took place this Sunday on Mother's Day. And uh, through that, we're also going to talk about our love for underdogs. Plus, the inaugural Miami Grand Prix took place today as well. Well, today as in Sunday, the day of this recording. And we're going to touch on professional golf and the NFL offseason. Yeah, it sounds like we got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. We have a fairly busy slate. So we're going to start off with hockey. Woo, woo. We've talked about hockey in the past and how they have the President's Trophy. Do you remember us talking about this? No. So the President's Trophy goes to the team who gets the most points in the regular season. So you get two points for a win and one point for an overtime loss and zero points for a loss. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that all again? So in the NHL regular season, if you win a game, you get two points in the standings. You get one point if you lose in overtime and no points if you lose. What about if you tie? There are no ties. Oh, okay. So the team who won that this year is the Florida Panthers. And right now in their first-round playoff series, they are actually behind two games to one as of this recording. So I'm I'm really surprised that it's... That, that's the case. I thought that they were going to absolutely roll through at least the first round, but it turns out they're actually kind of getting it taken to them. I mean, they're only down one. That's not bad. Yeah, but people thought they were going to sweep. I mean, it, was a, it wasn't a question of who was going to win. It was how many games was it going to take Florida to win. Oh, I got you. So they well, were just expected to win. I mean, they could still win. Yeah, they could. It would just it would be a lot more difficult for them now. Yeah, I hear you. Speaking of, I mean, just heavy favorites, the Colorado Avalanche are playing the Nashville Predators in their first-round playoff series, and they've hit them like, frankly, an avalanche. They have been all over them. They are up three games to none, and they haven't been particularly close. Mm, that's awkward for the Nashville Predators. Yeah, it is. Um, Although I just want to say I've never heard of them before ever. Well, they played the Penguins in 2017 Stanley Cup Final. That means nothing to Their me. mascot is a saber-toothed tiger, but I think we can all agree with this performance, they may have to change it to a small tabby cat. Aww. Yeah. I mean, like a tabby cat, uh, Nashville will be looking to lounge in the sun during the summer this year instead of, you know, playing hockey. Oh, that's brutal. Another surprise, I mean, the offseason is always exciting. There's always, or not offseason, postseason is always exciting. There's always teams you don't expect kind of causing problems. And the Dallas Stars are up two games to one on the Calgary Flames, who were also a trendy pick to win the Stanley Cup. Huh. So lots of surprises so far. Yeah, and it's not much of a surprise to me because we went to a Pittsburgh Penguins-Dallas Stars game in Dallas. We did. In fact, I think that may have been one of the topics on our first episode. I think so. Anyways... I thought they looked really good when the Penguins played them, and the Penguins were on like a 13-game win streak or something when they played, and they cooled off the Penguins really quick. So I guess I'm not too surprised. Yeah, I remember that game. I was so sad when the Pens lost. Yeah, they blew a lead. Speaking of blowing a lead, the Penguins, which is, of course, Allie and I's favorite hockey team, uh, are up two games to one in their series versus the New York Rangers, even though they blew a four goals to one lead in the second period, but they did ultimately win seven to four. It was a very stressful game. Lots of Jacob yelling. Yes, uh, both in 
what's the word? In uh, celebration and in agony. Yeah, a good combo. A good combo. Yeah, so stay stay in tune because we're definitely going to keep talking about the NHL. Yeah, we are. I won't say anything because I don't want to jinx it. Mm, me neither. Yeah, so let's move on to the NBA playoffs. Joel Embiid has returned to the 76ers on Friday night wearing a mask. You might remember he had an orbital fracture and a torn thumb ligament, and he cleared concussion protocols protocols just a few hours before the game and ended up scoring 18 points against Miami Heat. So the 76ers won 99-79, and this is their third game of the playoffs, I believe. They won, okay, NBA games are usually way higher scoring. In fact, I think the Warriors, who we'll talk about later, scored almost twice as many points in their third game as as the Heat did. But anyways, I always have questions when a star athlete gets a concussion, and then they magically clear concussion protocols, like, right before a big game. Yeah. I always, yeah, it's like... Did he really? Or also, was it like close enough? The mask that they made him wear is kind of creepy. And a lot of the articles I was reading were making jokes about him being a superhero and just needing a cape. Yeah, it wasn't one of those like dark plastic yeah, masks. Yeah, it was like dark plastic full face mask. Full face mask. Yeah. So it looked like the Phantom of the Opera kind of gone hard. No, but a full face mask. Yeah. yeah, it was intense. It's kind of scary looking. Sounds kind of scary. Yeah, what else is going on in the NBA, Jacob? So, uh, we've talked about the uh, Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies Grizzlies series in the past, uh, especially about the really bad injury to one of the Warriors players after he got clubbed in the side of the head by a uh, Grizzlies player. And in just another kind of, I wouldn't say dirty, but certainly physical event, the Memphis Grizzlies star point guard, Ja Morant, was injured by one of the Warriors players who basically not punched but like smacked his knee oh my gosh yeah so you know the memphis players were saying like well that was pretty dirty like he was clearly not exactly trying to avoid injuring Mm -hmm. um john morant and uh the warriors players said like i don't even play like that that's not my style but like what's he gonna say like yeah i went out there and i really just aimed for his acl yeah he's not gonna say that he's not gonna say that yeah, that whole game series, the two of them, I don't know, maybe they shouldn't be playing each other. Uh, it's definitely intense. None of Whichever team wins isn't going to be able to play any of the rest of their games in this series. It sure feels like it. In the other kind of big series that's making news, so the Boston Celtics are playing the Milwaukee Bucks, and in game three, the Celtics are still mad at a missed call that happened at the end of the game. So one of the Celtics players, Marcus Smart, with like 4.6 seconds or something, got the ball and went to attempt a three and got fouled. They called it a foul on the floor, but they said it wasn't while he was shooting. So instead of getting three free throws and attempting to tie up the game, because I think it was like 105 to 102 at that point, and being able to send the game to overtime, they had him shoot two free throws. So he made the first one and then like intentionally missed the second one so that his team could have the opportunity to rebound and score. Oh, man. Um, But they're really, really mad because they want it to be considered a shot. And, you know, so all the players were like, what do you want me to do? I personally watched the clip, and it is very clear to me that the foul occurred on the floor, and he tried to make it into, like, a shooting motion. It was just kind of... Yeah, I hear you on that. Wow. A lot to unpack there. The 
the NBA playoffs have been absolutely full of drama. Yeah, they have been. And we didn't really talk much about the Phoenix Suns-Dallas Mavericks series, but that one's getting really heated too. And that series is tied up two games to two. So oh. definitely going to see a lot of, of action coming down the stretch. Yeah, speaking of professional sports that are kind of a hot mess, Jacob, you want to give us an update on the MLB? Yeah, I mean, we'll start off with some good news in baseball. On Sunday, Phillies, so Philadelphia Phillies star Bryce Harper, he hit a home run, and after he tagged home plate, the camera guy was, you know, out on the field, and he told the camera, I love you, Mom. So, you know, that's kind of nice. If you have that platform, happy Mother's Day. Especially to Bryce Harper's mom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And people who are not having a happy Mother's Day, um, Mets player Robinson Cano was released by the team this week. So Robinson Cano, he's 39 years old, and he's got 2,632 hits. Now, we talked a couple weeks ago, or a couple episodes ago now. I can't remember exactly. It was like two weeks ago. We talked about Detroit Tigers star Miguel Cabrera getting to 3,000 hits. Yeah. And Robinson Cano was like the next closest guy to getting to 3,000 hits. But he's had a really underwhelming year, and even though he's still owed $45 million on his contract, the Mets decided it wasn't worth keeping him around. So they're still going to have to pay him even though he's not playing? Yeah, they're still going to have to pay him the $45 million. Oh, my gosh. The Mets actually weirdly have a history of this. So they have another player who they've been paying, like, I think it's $3 million a year. One second. Let me look up his, um, who's still getting, it's Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Manila, he gets $1.2 million every year on July 1st because, like, he had a huge contract and they didn't pay it. So now it's like a deferred thing and he gets installments. Wait, so another team can't take him, but the Mets have to... Oh, Robinson Cano? Yeah, or... Yeah. Another team could pick him up, but the contract that he agreed to with the Mets is like it's a fully guaranteed contract so they still have to pay him on top of what another team would be paying him to play so no matter what happens they still have to pay him yeah he still has to get 45 million dollars from the Mets that is crazy yeah and what's interesting about Robinson Cano is he actually sat out last year for his second suspension on account of taking performance enhancing drugs so he sat out the whole year because he tested positive for PEDs again that's on that's on the Mets because they should have written in the contract that if you test positive for performance enhancing drugs, it voids your contract. Yeah, but I don't know if you're allowed. To, I don't know what the technicalities are around contracts and that. Type I of feel stuff. like that should be a thing, though. I mean, they aren't the ones who originally signed the contract with him. He actually signed it with the Seattle Mariners and then got traded to the Mets for. And you know, they a whole bought host out his things. contract. Well, yeah, they inherited it, kind of. Wow, yeah, that's so insane. It is. It's crazy. Speaking of things that are insane, in our last episode, we talked about the umpire who had a super weird interaction with Madison Bumgarner. The hand massage. The hand massager. Yeah, he apologized this week. He said, I've got his quote. Uh, when I began my MLB career almost 15 years ago, I received some good advice. I was told to umpire every game as if my children were sitting in the front row. I fell short of those expectations this week. While I can't go back and change what happened, I take full accountability. I will learn from this incident, and I sincerely apologize. Personally, I like this because a lot of times when referees and umpires make mistakes, they don't say anything about it. But he actually went above and, like, came out and publicly said, like, I apologize for this incident. It's unacceptable. And he took accountability versus a lot of umpires will just kind of hide behind, like, their, their shield. 
Did he say what he was thinking? No, he just, well, at least not to my knowledge. He was reprimanded by MLB. We don't know exactly for what. what? For for his actions. Okay, but what? So the massage? Yeah, for like, I guess making a show out of it. I don't know exactly That's. I'm just confused wanted. on like what specifically, like was it the hand massage? Was Probably it just unprofessional conduct. Okay, well. Yeah, but anyways, he, he, uh, he took accountability for it, so we respect that. Yeah. Speaking of things we respect, Jacob, you and I love a good underdog. Yes, we do. And this weekend, the Kentucky Derby, the famous horse race, brought us the underdog we wanted. So long shot horse Rich Strike won the first leg of the Triple Crown at the Kentucky Derby. So I did not know this, but the Kentucky Derby is just the first leg of a race, and then there are two more legs. So Rich Strike just won the first leg. But it was the biggest possible upset. He was literally the last qualified for the Derby. He wasn't even supposed to race, and another horse got scratched, and he came in. So the odds were literally 80 to 1 that he would win. And he had a tremendous burst down the stretch from the back of the pack to the front during the fourth lap and ended up taking the crown, pun intended. Well, it's not the fourth lap. They just do one lap of the big track. Oh, then it was the fourth part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it was definitely like... Yeah, the home stretch. Yeah, Yeah. the home stretch. He's also the first derby winner ever purchased through a claim. What is a claim? Yeah, I had no idea either. But uh, it's a race where horses are for sale at a set price and can be purchased right before the race. So all the horses that race in that race, like the owner has to be okay with them being sold, like claimed. Yeah. But you have to buy them before the race. And you enter them like there's a minimum amount you can bid on the horse. So it's supposed to like really equalize the horses because you're racing with horses that are worth about the same amount as the other horses. Gotcha. Like like if you're her- if you think your horse is worth twenty thousand, you would race it in a a claim race that was like twenty five thousand and then it would be racing against other horses that were all around twenty thousand. Yeah, and you're hoping to make a little bit of money off of it by, yes, by doing yes. that. Okay. But Rich Strike was claimed for 30000 last fall after his own, only a second career start. And isn't the Kentucky Derby bag like a couple million bucks? Don't you get like $1.8 million or something I can't for remember, but it? I believe so. Yeah, I can't remember the exact what amount. A, that is so crazy. It was the first time that like the owner, the jockey, and the trainer had had like a major win like this. Yeah. So just I mean, it literally odds. is a Rich Strike. Yeah, and Rich Strike was so excited, he tried to bite one of the guide ponies after the race. I saw this, and the like race official was had to like punch, punch Rich Strike to get him to stop biting him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. He seems like a quirky little horse. I think I mean, feisty may be the right word. Yeah, well, he clearly had the drive to win, and he will be competing in the next leg of the Triple Crown called the Preakness Stakes, which will be run at Pimlico Racecourse in Baltimore, Maryland, like I said, on May 21st. Yeah, and there are only a couple horses who have ever won the Triple Crown, yeah. which means you win every like All each of those races. three races. Yeah, only 13 horses have won like the whole Triple Crown. And there was a horse who won it, like American Pharaoh, I think was its name, a couple years ago. Yeah, in 2015, ago. American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, and in 2018, Justify won Justify. the Triple Crown. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, very exciting. It is really exciting. Yeah, and it's crazy because you hear about the Kentucky Derby a lot, but I had never heard of, like, the Preakness Stakes or the Belmont Stakes, which are the two other races. 
as part of the Triple Crown. Yeah, I just, they don't quite have the ceremony behind them as the Kentucky Derby does, but they're still pretty yeah, famous. They're not as name brand if you're not into horse racing. Yes, I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of things that are kind of becoming name brand in racing, um, Formula One racing is really becoming popular in the U.S. So if you're unfamiliar with Formula One racing, it's as opposed to NASCAR where they just do laps around the same you know circular track. The uh, F1 tracks usually have a little bit more character and turns. And more straights. like Elvis from the movies. Yes. Uh-huh. More yeah. like that. Elvis likes to race cars. So there was the first ever Miami Grand Prix, which... You know, as you can guess, took place in Miami, Florida. That's fair. It's a very Florida thing, I feel like. Yes, I, I agree. Max Verstappen, he won the first race ever, you know, for the Miami Grand Prix. And it has been described as painfully American. So, you know, F1 racing is a global, well, I don't know if global is the right term, but certainly like European and American sport. Yeah, the evil characters in the Elvis movies that he's racing against are like always not American. Yeah, well, of course, he has to be the the home country hero. Yeah. But anyways, uh, it was described as painfully American by most foreign commentators. The track included a fake marina. What? So they put boats into one of the curves, and then they filled it with like a fake substance that would look like water on television. Uh, So it looked like there were boats at a marina. Um, I and it also included a statue of Dan Marino, the famous Miami Dolphins quarterback, because the racetrack went right by the Miami Dolphins uh, stadium. Oh, oh my gosh! I'm looking at it. This is crazy. This is fake. Yeah, it's fake. It's it looks super real. I'm not even gonna lie. I mean, it was made for television and pictures, so I mean they, you know, they did That's, their job. There. It's kind of fun, honestly. In addition to that, the winners got a police escort to the podium where the top three finishers had to wear uh, NFL helmets. What? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know who was like, you know, the winners, they should wear football helmets. Also, like what team? The Dolphins? I don't think they had any team on them. They were just like generic football helmets for the Grand Prix, like Miami Grand Prix helmets. But why? I wish i had an answer but i don't think logic really took place when they were debating that i just i don't understand me neither everyone i'm gonna highly recommend though that you look up the pictures because it's both hilarious and also sad at the same time it's corny i think is the best corny yeah that's a better description oh man they really did make them wear nfl but why i think we're applying logic to something that doesn't really have any well, I can't wait to see what they come up with next year then. I I can only imagine. Can you get more tacky? Let's see. I don't think we need to challenge them for that. <laughs> well, moving on. In the world of professional golf, number three in the world, Linda Ko, threw reporters for a loop. She's a 17-time LPGA winner at only 24 years old. And on Sunday, she was receiving treatment for a tight back during the final round at Jacob, will you pronounce this? Paulos Verdes. Paulos Verdes Championship. And afterwards, when asked by reporter Jerry Foltz if there were any long-term concerns, Jacob, I'm going to ask you to read the dialogue with me. Okay. So ask me if I have any long-term. I'll be, I'll be Co. You be Foltz, the reporter. So uh, start by asking me if there's any long-term. Concerns. Hi, Linda. Do you have any long-term concerns regarding the treatment you got for your tight back this week? I hope not. It's that time of the month. 
I know the ladies watching are probably like, yeah, I got you. So when that happens, my back gets really tight and I'm all twisted. And it's not the first time that Chris, my personal trainer, has seen me twisted. But it felt a lot better after he came. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, 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 thanks? I know you're at a loss for words, Jerry. Honesty it is. End dialogue. That's hilarious. Yeah, so folks <laughs> admitted, you know, honesty it is. You know, he was a little surprised that she was so forthright about what she was experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's great. Um, period pain is real. And I can definitely see how it affect female athletes. Especially golfers. Yeah. Like, I'm... a tight back can ruin your career. Exactly. And she's young, too. Yeah. 24 years old. So this was just a, a big moment, you know, an, a professional athlete being honest about their weaknesses and speaking out about something that we don't talk about often enough. Yeah. No, I agree. And I'm sure we'll see Linda Coe in the news again. I mean, if she's 24 and has won 17 LPGA events, I... Fairly confident we'll see her again. Yeah, and she does have an interesting backstory where she was number one in the world really young. I think it was like at 17 oh years old. Oh my gosh. And then she went a couple years without winning any big championships, and now she's kind of making a comeback. Good for her. Yeah. Speaking of things that are making a comeback, in the National Football League, the Washington Commanders are bringing back their marching band. So... According to some news articles I read, for about 87 years, the Washington Commanders had a marching band, but the last two years, due to COVID, they didn't have it. So they're bringing it back this year. As a a fellow marching band member for many years of my life, I'm always excited to see marching bands around. So yeah, me too. I I mean, I had no idea that the Washington football team, oh sorry, the Washington Commanders had a marching band. Me neither. Uh, I knew that the Baltimore Ravens had one, and I mean, really, yeah, I've never heard of any of these. Do they do halftime shows? I, I was in marching band I also. Think, I think they just kind of play like pregame events and maybe during the game too. I'm not really sure. I've never been to a game with a professional marching band. Me either. I'm really jealous though. I love. I was in marching band too as a drum major, even in high school, and I would love to see a professional marching band do a halftime show. Yeah, so. Especially with the NFL budget, I mean, that would be a showstopper. It would be really good if they could get, like, DCI levels, drum corps. Yeah. Jacob, what else is going on in the NFL? So, we've talked a lot about how NFL workplaces are fairly hostile. Um, Not exactly known for being a positive work environment. And this past week, Las Vegas Raiders team president Dan Ventrell was fired. And the Raiders put out a statement that was, like, two or three lines. It pretty much said, like, we have uh, removed team president Dan Fitrell from his position. We will have no further comment on this issue at this time. Hmm. Uh, and then ex-team president Dan Ventrell came out and said, uh, yes, I was actually fired for reporting this hostile work environment to the NFL. So according to him, what happened is that he had gone to the owner, Mark Davis, and said, like, look, you're creating a hostile work environment for our female employees here. Like, we need something to change or we're going to keep losing people. Mm-hmm. Because the Raiders have had a ton of office turnover since they moved to Las Vegas. So I'm talking about employees who are with the team since, like, the 90s who had wow. been leaving because, I mean, it's insinuated through the article that they were leaving because the environment was pretty bad. So, like, the former team president before Dan Ventrell. He left after, I, th- I think it was like, well, uh, I'm trying to do some math in my head. 
he was there in like 93. He had been with the team since 1993. Wow. He left in 2019, I think. And so they were like, that guy left and then the CFO left and like the controller left and a whole bunch of like high level employees were leaving. And they shouldn't have left St. Louis. No, this this is the Raiders, not not the Rams. Oh my God! They left. O- the Raiders left Oakland, though. So you're still right. They shouldn't have left Oakland. Yeah. Okay. I was like 50 percent away there. Yeah. So it's just really interesting that, according to him, he was fired because he spoke out about the work environment. That's awful. Yeah. Hmm. Well, for our final play, Jacob, if the Miami Grand Prix organizers came to you and said, "How can we make this even more over the top?" Uh, what kind of decor and theme would you have for the 2023 Grand Prix? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, well, I mentioned when we were talking about it that the Grand Prix takes place near the Dolphin Stadium. So I'd actually have them go through the stadium, you know, like put the track somehow through so it would go field level. Oh. There'd be all sorts of fans in the stands there. I think that could really uh, make it cornier. Um, maybe you could have Will Smith and Martin Lawrence there because Bad Boys, the movie, takes place there. That'd be mm, pretty corny. That's good. Yeah. You know, like I'm trying to think what else would be Disney stereotypically. maybe. Yeah, eh, it's not so much Miami as it is Orlando though. Hmm. hmm. What else is like maybe just like random surfboards? A Cuban sandwich. A Cuban sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do to make it cornier? Well, I would really embrace uh, America. So um, I would have every turn be a different fast food restaurant. And have a drive-thru? Okay, honestly, that's stop. even Maybe the better. Pit, the pit lane could be a bunch of drive through That's even better than I thought. But I was thinking like drivers have to drive through like the McDonald's arches and like around a Burger King burger and, you know, like... You really embrace the, the unhealthy Bell. nature of American restaurant. Yeah, culture. I mean, like that's what other countries think about us. So I think we should just go for you're it. Right, if you're gonna play into it, it's just a massive hamburger in the middle of the track. Yeah, or just gigantic arches. Yeah, like, just McDonald's arches everywhere. That would really sell it. I think that's the winner. Yeah, and oh, of course, the American flag everywhere. Oh, everywhere, and random cowboy boots. Yeah, and cowboy boots. Yeah. They should hire me, really. They really should. Well, next week, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. They keep going. Um, we should we should have some final results for some of the hockey series as well as the uh, basketball series. So it will be fun, whatever comes our way. Keep me in your thoughts since I have to listen to Jacob fight through as his NHL team wins or loses. He's yelling either way. Yes, I probably will be emotional. Yeah. Well, don't forget new episodes are released on Monday and Friday mornings wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Rookie underscore Rundown or on Facebook at Rookie Rundown Pod to find information about episodes and let us know what sports headlines we should talk about next. And don't forget to keep sports simple, stupid.